Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Untrained Media Podcast. This is episode 210. The news finally dropped, like, took long enough, but here we are. We're here to talk about James Gunn's DC slate that he announced, well, partially announced. He said that this is just the beginning, the opening salvo, not even all of chapter one, which, yes, these are not faces, they are chapters, and... Chapter one is called Gods and Monsters, and I'm just going, hee, I, I like, I like this. So that's what our discussion is going to be today. We're just going to break down all the things that got announced. So we kind of thought maybe they'll announce like one or two new things. There's like 10 new things, and I'm, I'm intrigued to loving most of all these. Like, there's not a bad announcement, I don't think, today, but some just... M- have much more implication going forward that I'm much more on board with. But, uh, Josh, how are you doing tonight? Oh, you know, just chilling, bud. <laughs> we got a, a nice storm getting ready to roll through up here. So uh, every, everybody's home and it's nice and cozy inside. So I'll probably try to watch some movies or something here in a bit just to kind of relax the night away. <laughs> yeah, It's just like a it's snow- chill, though, all it's week. A- I mean, I... I I haven't really been busy. I think like you and you and me have both been like constant, like the past couple of days outside of today, I've been just been constantly refreshing Twitter. Like, come on, James, where you at dog? Where are you? <laughs> and then finally, like, I think we got it yesterday. said that he was going to drop it today. And then we're like, okay, cool. So now we can, now we can move on with our lives. Now that James has uh, announced all this stuff. <laughs> so like uh, half of this, I'm wondering whether it was just like a troll job on his part of just like, no, I will wait until the last possible day in <laughs> January because then it is still technically January and I'm just like, dude, just You're why? So mean. <laughs> why? But uh, Josh, besides all the DC stuff and all the stuff that you will be watching when you're sequestered inside, have you been watching anything Jeez. lately? Um, So for whatever, uh, not for whatever reason, I know why. Uh, There was a, I watched a, cinema therapy video about um broke down broke down like the complex um ptsd of katniss everdeen um which is like actually super interesting and i had realized that i never watched the last movie um so for whatever reason i decided decided to watch every single one of the hunger games um so i watched the entire hunger game series this past week and um you know what I liked it. I upon re- I haven't watched it since it came out in theaters. And while the camera work in the first one can can definitely be an issue, um, th- they definitely stopped doing that. The rest of the, movie, the rest of the series. So, but like, J Law is killing it in Hunger Games. Um, so clearly, she did better for that than X Men, where she just stopped caring. Yeah, I yeah, and I I think so. The thing I think about her performance in um the hunger games is i think that she is allowed also because she's not wearing a bunch of 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 uh prosthetics and makeup um she is allowed to be a lot more subtle in her performance because katniss does not show everything she does there's very very like withdrawn kind she doesn't have to act big as they say um whereas you know as it's such like a young actor and not having a lot of like big franchise roles yet her performance in the x-men series she like with all of that makeup on you it's very hard to to do subtle performances when you were literally wearing blue paint so like 
I'm I'm not gonna say I give her a pass, but like I get it. I understand. Also, just have um, her in the makeup a whole lot less as the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it was also interesting because <laughs> I texted you right after I went. Um, I saw Puss in Boots: The Last Wish this week, <laughs> and it's super good. <laughs> Which I never would have guessed so in a fun. million years, dude. Like, and you know, there's always that because like. The internet was saying like the and- Andor is really really good. I've now finished Andor. I don't think it's all that great. It's better than Boba Fett, but that's like that is not hard. A very though. very low bar. Yeah. Uh, so, but Puss in Boots and the Last Witch is so good. The hype behind the internet hype behind it, I was like, all right, maybe it'll be good. But uh, I went to see it with one of my brothers, and gosh, it was a lot of fun. Um, it is as close to like a anime version of like how do I describe like it was like very distinctly like a Shrek a movie in the Shrek verse kind of kind of thing you know what I Reckoning. mean like it's a well because like you know how Shrek had a very distinct style of humor of like hey this is a re- reference to a fairy tale hey this is a reference to a fairy tale hey this is a joke about storytelling hey this is a jo-. you know like it's very very good about that. Um, but with like all of the backing of like Kung Fu, the, all the skill that DreamWorks got from like Kung Fu Panda and how to train your dragon and like all these like fantastic, you know, movie series that they've done since the first Shrek, really honestly, since the first Puss in Boots movie, um, it's super good. I, I hate like they're about half, midway through when like the action kind of dies down a little bit. I sat there and was like, I leaned over to my brother. I was like, I hate that I'm enjoying this. He's like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> like it's dude. Like at one point the, um, the dog cusses out um, the, the three bears, but like they bleep it out in the movie. It's dude. It's so funny. It, it is genuinely a great time. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. I, I can't believe that I'm sitting here saying that I can't, re- that like you have to go see Puss in Boots and, last, and, the, and the Last Witch. I forget. Um, did you say whether or not you saw the original Puss in Boots? Um, I have seen it. I saw it like once. It was terrible. I did not go to the theater like somebody I know. <laughs> I waited until Worst I could see it for movie very, very I've cheap. ever seen in theaters. <laughs> Yeah. So like I understand why like your hesitancy to go see it because you have like such a vivid memory of being burned by the first one. Um but let me tell you like it is honestly like if you can get go to like a week if you can go to like a weekday uh showing w- like in the afternoon or something because so that you know there's no kids and all that. But like it is genuinely a good time. I cannot recommend it enough. That's just so weird to me. Yeah, totally. This I've come across very quiet. I think. That's with. Oh man, how dare you come across as quiet? <laughs> yeah, because you know we've never had that issue before of being quiet. <laughs> now it should be balanced. Oof, it's all hot now. Now this is what happens when you change stuff on the fly. Um, <laughs> baby, you've always been hot. Well, I'm not in the red yet, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, I have not really watched anything lately. There we are. Uh, I don't think I really watched anything except for 
watched the Rumble this weekend. Uh, some people were complaining about it, but I really liked the men's R Royal Rumble. Also, people were like, it's predictable. Predictable isn't bad if you do it well and do it correctly. Wasn't enough surprise return. This was a showcase of the current roster talent. Something that has been missing a lot of other previous rumbles. You have yeah. a man in Gunther, a man at number two, beat the crap out of everyone. The final person to look looks like a hoss, and you that you need to build your next hoss because around forever. But then you get your tip Ray White bull crap. Whatever it is, it's not enough because God, it was whatever. Then you get to honestly some of the greatest thing in WWE history. The whole bloodline thing. Sammy's mm. finally taking his a la Luke Walker and no and getting back with a chair. Out after that happened of wow. Roman's entire career summed up with two gifts of him back with chairs. Um, <laughs> oh, it was so good. Them in an awkward spot now of like, yeah, Cody won the Rumble. Sammy's story is more interesting. But also, I yeah. get from a business perspective, I get can't put the title on Sammy just because Arabia and he has never once gone to I completely his decision. So, but then I watched episode three of Last of Us. It was. Oh, fine, yeah. fine. Here's my problem. As soon as the episode came out, I saw so many people. They're like, it's the best episode of TV ever. Like, not just the best mm. episode of the show, but best episode ever. I'm going, okay. Yeah. Slow your roll here, people. It was a good episode. The best episode ever. Like, I don't know if I'd go with that, but it was good. I can understand that they're like, it's a filler episode. I don't think it's a filler episode. But, at least for me, I think I could have gone for a little bit more on the bone, but it was still good. Yeah. No, I agree. I uh, I, I think that um, and as someone who, literally, so at this point, we are past the point at which I have played in the games. Um, I, I have no idea what to expect from here on out or from the episode two on out. So, for me, I didn't, for a lot of people, I didn't have the idea of what this section of the game looked like. So this, to me, this wasn't like a jarring departure from, from the, from the game. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't, I, I having Nick Offerman play a gay man is a ballsy move. <laughs> um, that is the straightest man that will ever and a slightly nicer version than what is in the game, actually. Like, he's he's not cranky I mean, enough, again, I don't think. Again, I, I I don't have that in my head. I don't know what, what Bill in the game looks like or how he acts in the game. So it to, I really, really liked it. Um, I still think episode two so far is my favorite, but that's... Oh, same, same, actually, by a wide margin. You get to see, see clickers and stuff like that. Um, but that being said, like, I... I I liked the early I think the the part that I loved the most in the episode was 
the small little bit on the road with Joel and um, Ellie where he's like, mm, let's go around. I don't want to go down there. You'll, I don't want to show you what's down there. And she's like, oh, how, 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 how bad could it be? Whatever. And she's like making jokes all the way up, which I love. And then she's confronted with the literal death of like dozens. I don't think we're ever really told how many people, but I wouldn't doubt if it was hundreds uh, of just like this huge pile of bones. And it like, ah, so good. Uh, Very emotional. Cause like prior to that, Ellie was kind of being like little like uh kind of flipping with like the concern like oh no like this world is just fine whatever um but i don't and to her credit she there was no reason she would know um about everything that happened on outbreak day and all of like the bad stuff that happened on outbreak day and stuff like that so but i think it was the one of the first times outside of i mean it's one thing to see the zombies, but it's one of the first times I think for Ellie that she's seen like what humans are capable of. So the fact that like she was of her own volition was forced to re- to see, Oh, like we can just be just as much as monsters as the zombies are, which is, you know, the whole the point of the show. Tale. Yeah. The whole, the whole point of the show, but like to, to have her like have a visual, like, uh, a representation of that in the like third episode so good loved it well speaking of the last of us we get the confirmation that we all kind of expected just based off of the banger numbers that it's been half the show has been having and that is that the last of us will be getting a season two on hbo max and more importantly it will be an adaptation of The Last of Us Part Two video game. Now, I know some people are immediately freaking out about that because uh, the second Last of Us is just a, just a tad bit controversial. But I think this can work and actually fix some issues that people had with the second one. Now, I'm going to try and tiptoe around this as carefully as I can so I don't yeah. spoil Season 1 and Season 2 for Josh. I am not a fan of Last of Us Part 2. I think on paper the story is a good idea and I get what Neil Druckmann is going for, but I think the big crucial error that they made was the order in which events happen. Uh, something yeah. critical happens. You and I have talked about it vaguely. Something critical happens that puts the story in motion. I Okay, cool. And then something else very critical happens halfway through. That halfway through event in my book needed to happen a whole lot sooner and run parallel to the other story that way you're emotionally engaged in the second storyline as much as the first one and you get much more of i think what they're going for which is like how far is too far um i think that can work it's just you needed to rearrange it a little bit because the choices that they made in the part two, I think put them behind the eight ball for the rest of the story, just because you have so many people that can't get specific events out of their head. And rightly so. Um, I wasn't a fan of it for a couple of different reasons. The story, um, the game almost punishes you if you're bad at stealth like me. Yeah. So like, if you're bad at stealth, you kind of have to put some dogs down, and I'm not the biggest fan of that. 
maybe because I'm too human. Um, and I, it didn't feel as per like it does, but doesn't feel as personal. Like the first game is get character that you don't care about, but will end up by the end of the story from point A to point B. Cool. There's a lot more going on in Last of Us 2, and I get that the sequel should expand the world a little bit more, but um, if the direction of Season 2 is anything that like Season 1 to go by, I have faith that they can kind of win some of the fan base back. But again, without dipping into spoilers, we're going to have to relive the ugliness that is The Last of Us 2 video game as soon as they cast Abby for the show, because... You're going to get a whole bunch of really, really angry people that come out of the woodwork and just go, oh, Abby, 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 we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. And just like, let the story play out first. Yeah. If we're going to have a Last Jedi situation all over again of every once in a while, something will come up that reignites that whole debate. And I'm just like, can we just agree to disagree on things? Because Last of Us Part 2 got so so ugly for so long it was either you love and defend this movie with every fiber of your being or you're like me of it's a beautiful game beautiful gameplay but i think you made some mistakes narratively that don't get me fully connected to your story as someone that hasn't played the second one yet and has kind of reached the expiration point of what they know about the last of us from a gameplay perspective what do you hope to see from a season two josh um, obviously that kind of depends on where season one ends for us. Uh, I am very lost as far as, or not lost. Uh, let's go, uh, foreign. Sure. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't know the details of the ending of the game for last of us. Um, so, but I, I, you and I had have talked a little bit about some of the, the events that happened in two. Um, so if that's the case, uh, I foresee them already laying the seeds. And I, to me, I think that th- that's what's important right now is that, first of all, it's even with the numbers as high as they were, it's pretty surprising for them to have revi- given it a season two after two episodes, which was incredible. It's so wild to me. Um, but that being said, uh, I feel that the, I have complete faith that they are taking into account the narrative across both games. And so there's going to be some hints to stuff that happens in game two in game in season one. I would not be surprised if that happens. I think they're building this across uh, doing two seasons so that, the season of the season finale of two really feels like a completion of the show rather than just, all right, cool. Well, that was the second game kind of feeling, you know what I mean? I think also the difficult thing with the last of us part two was at least for me was where we come up. There's a lot of elements in the last of us part two that could easily fit in Last of Us Part 1, without doubling the spoilers, yes. there is a lot of the narrative that is done in flashbacks. And I don't think, from a game perspective, that was the smartest decision from a TV show. You don't have to put those scenes in Season 2. You could put those in this season. Or yes. the other big issue that some people, myself included, had for Last of Us Part 2 was 
it felt like the last of us part three for last of us part two we never got like there was a large Mm -hmm. stretch of time that it feels like certain characters have grown and evolved that we weren't a part of i'm not saying that of just like i would have liked to have seen this it's just like there's kind of this disconnect of like we keep going backwards in time for this narrative instead of going forward that why didn't we spend this backwards time just as its own standalone game type of thing and then what happens in last of us part two can be this big emotional journey in part three like it's it's so hard not to go into detail but just rearrange the pieces that are already on the board and i think you can really go a long way in repairing the relationship that you have already kind of fractured with the fan base just like last jedi and rise of skywalker now they've said that they're going to do a last of us part three and i honestly have no idea where they go with the narrative but i i think the potential is there and i trust the creative people because uh people like to bag on neil Druckmann a whole lot because of last of us part two but so far he's done a great job with the show but also he has experienced tv people with him with craig mazin who's done a great job with the show so i think being a collaborative effort you can have craig mazin maybe tell Druckmann of like in this format like a tv format this is probably the best way to run things i've put the the yeah. pieces in this order because it's not a yeah. game and might flow a little better if we do this type of thing well and i think if anything these first two episodes have shown the first three episodes have shown us Neil's okay with change as long as it makes sense and the it, it helps push the story forward in a way that is narratively interesting. I think he is completely okay with with changes. Um, if anything, oh, what what was it? Uh, for those that aren't you know man anime nerds, uh, there's a show called the um, the uh, oh my gosh, First Metal Alchemist. Um, the original run of the show like ended up outpacing the manga so it like the last like season or so of it is all like the writers just like doing whatever they want because they had no idea how it was going to end also game Um, of thrones yes uh so then they went back and remade it with brotherhood it's called uh, you know first first metal alchemist but brotherhood um and went along with the 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 manga and the changes were so significant but it makes it a better show i say that to say i think uh, like i think neil absolutely is in the position to be like where he as a as a creator is very much you know what i'm okay with change i'm okay with uh and i'm aware of the the divisiveness of the of the second game um and i am aware of the changes that are going to need to go to happen going forward um so we'll see what happens obviously like uh, we've still got what like seven episodes left of uh, season one um so i'm not really in a hurry to see where we're gonna go because i'm really excited where we where where we are at right now Next up, we have a lot of DC news to cover today, but we're going to talk about something that's from the old DC. Shazam! Fury of the Gods released trailer number two, because David F. Sandberg was like, don't worry guys, you'll get a trailer before the end of the month. And, you know, unlike James Gunn, he doesn't wait till the very last day of the month. So we get this trailer for Shazam! Fury of the Gods, and, um... I gotta be honest, I think the trailer kind of sucks. I'm... Really? I, I don't know what it is, and I'm just going to be blunt. It didn't connect for me. 
I'm still That's super fair. excited about this movie. I love okay. the first one so much, but I'm watching this, and I don't think my like heartbeat or blood pressure raised a single time in this trailer, and I don't know what it is. If I had to point the figure at anything, and I think it's the same problem that the trailers ran into in the the movie ran into for the first trailer fire whoever is making your music choices i think both Mm. trailers have incredibly bad music choices and music choices can go a long way in being a good trailer or a bad trailer like the batman's first teaser trailer oh perfect music used for that i don't really think the music for either of these shazam trailers has been the best um and also, I am not normally one to complain about trailers saying they're showing too much in the trailer because until we actually see the movie in, the, in context, we don't know if they're actually showing a whole lot from the movie or not. Yeah. This trailer looks like it's giving away way too much. Like, <laughs> um, I feel like Josh and I's prediction at the beginning of the year that by the end of this movie... Um, Billy Batson's going to be the only member of the Shazam League with Shazam powers. I feel like that's feels very blatantly spelled out here. I think this trailer is fine, but given that I also was just kind of fine or whatever on the first trailer, so far, 0 for 2 for Shazam trailers for me. Of like, they could be a lot better, I think. I mean, that's fair. I, um, I kind of, actually, it's so a little weird. I liked this trailer. I kind of liked it. I think if we got this one instead of the other one, I'd, I'd like this one more. Um, I, I, I personally feel like this hits harder emotionally, which is what I want out of this, out of this next one. Um, it, I feel, I, I agree that it, it definitely like spells out a little bit more, uh, of what the ending of this movie is going to be. Everyone um, dies. And that being said, uh, I'm kind of here for it still. I think, uh, I, I think there's a lot, there's still going to be a lot of fun that happens. If Zachary Levi doesn't get canceled, uh, dummy, um, which, okay. But, like, I, I don't want to <laughs> get on that soapbox, but people are getting all mad about something that he didn't even give full context to. He just tweeted, retweeted something. He like, didn't actually give context for it. Maybe he never <laughs> wanted to give context for it, but I'm just like, this is up for interpretation in a lot of different ways. <laughs> it's a so stupid I, decision. It's there's no winners here. So like, I, I think uh, a James Gunn's response, like in a lot of things these days, it was pretty spot on. He's like, guys, oh, yeah. I can't be, I can't be altering, you know, a multi million dollar movie just on a, on you know on a dime just because somebody said something that I don't agree with. And I was yeah, like, oh, Marvel, okay, Marvel didn't okay. recast Shuri or Evangeline Lilly after they said politically motivated things uh yeah and i i think it's yeah let's leave it there because i think that that's a that's a soapbox and a rabbit hole that i think you and i can go down that um is very tough it's a very tough conversation to have um but yeah i anyway back to the trailer (laughs) it's uh it's uh i like this one more um but I think with the existence of the first one, it, it's just not as good. But I agree with you that I think they're showing too much. Um, and I, feel- that's, I think you and I are both people that don't think that a lot of trailers do that. But this definitely feels like it does that. 
Also, I'm kind of kicking myself right now because, like, the big joke in the first Shazam 2 trailer was, you know, I've seen Fast and Furious dozens of times, lady. Well, Billy, if you had, you would have recognized Jason Statham's mother, also played by Helen Mirren. <laughs> I'm just now realizing that maybe they put that joke in there intentionally, like having yes. um, Captain America check out the Star Wars movies because yes. Samuel L. Jackson. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm... We also, I think the other thing that I have issues with is the first Shazam had some wonky CG because it didn't have as much of a budget, but it worked because it was still a very personal, small-scale story. Uh, this has a gigantic dragon taking over Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia, and yeah. it seems much like they clearly got a bigger budget, but I'm like, is this story still going to be as personal or are we just going to go for the big bombastic? This feels a lot more big and bombastic than the first one, which could be great. I agree. But it could I, be I, worrying. Yeah, the the scene that got... The reason I think I like the second trailer more is there is that scene in there with Billy being like, yo, if 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 what... If, it to stop these people from destroying the planet. If all I have to do is give up my powers and to save my family, I'm okay with that. And I was like, okay, I like that. I like that angle a lot. Um, I kind of wish that we led with that or, or at least kept that for the movie, but like, you know, it is what it is. So I guess we'll, we'll find out and we'll talk about more about Shazam, I think here in a bit, but yeah, it's, it, we'll, we'll see what happens. Next up for DC-related things that, uh, once again, people just want to blame James Gunn and Peter Safran for things that are not in their control. But if it was in their control, I think they still would have made the same decision. Uh, and that is that Titans and Doom Patrol have both been canceled. However, the teams that were responsible for those shows were, like, notified at the beginning of the season. So they were able to, like, write cohesive endings and satisfying endings for both shows i'm just going <laughs> have you seen titans they don't know how to do anything satisfyingly um but you know maybe knowing that they're going out with a bang will motivate them to write better um so as someone that watched all of titans or will watch all of titans by the time this is done because we're in the mid-season finale right now yeah i say this with full confidence and full sincerity I'm genuinely amazed that the show lasted as long as it did. I thought it was going to get canceled once it made the move to HBO Max. Um, so that was like right before season three. And then right after season three, I thought it might get canceled. I kind of hope that it would get canceled. Like, I don't hate watch Titans. It's more yeah. just like, well, there's a live action Dick Grayson. Something I thought I would never actually get until we'll talk about it later. Seems like I'll have hope for that again. Uh, but this is just like, okay, fine. Uh, whereas Josh, I think, has seen more of Doom Patrol than me. I saw, I think, yes. about the first half of season one. I really liked it, but I just kind of got sidetracked with watching a bazillion other shows at the time. So maybe once the show is done, I'll go back and check it out. But I really liked what yeah. I saw. Um, I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. We still got plenty of content um, from both shows. But... James Gunn was right when he talked. We might talk about this later during the discussion. He's like, um, back in the old regime, you could slap DC's name with just about anything. Like, everyone was licensing out DC shows of just like, you get a DC show, you get a DC show, and you get maybe two or three seasons out of it. And it, it's not. Yeah. Doom Patrol is great. And Titans 
despite what people are saying, despite what I'm saying, it wasn't the worst show in the world, but it did not live up to what the characters deserved. At no yes. point do the Agreed. characters on Titans actually act like Titans. They are Titans in name only. And it's not just like a Dick Grayson or a Starfire or a Beast Boy thing. It felt like every season was a prequel series to an eventual titans like oh yeah we'll get there eventually we're we're a tv show you can't honestly expect this to have a beast boy budget that would let him be green for every single episode i'm like yeah actually i i do kind of expect beast boy to be green in every episode and and, and more than one animal (laughs) well that that's a season four thing but yeah i was like i would like you to have more than just but like a season four thing not a season two thing it took you two seasons to get Nightwing, for context, he burned his Robin suit in the Nightwing in the Titans season one finale. So you literally had him with no superhero outfit whatsoever for a good chunk of season two, just to really draw out those subscription service numbers for DC um, Universe yeah, yeah. back when that was a thing. Um, which I'm still get on my soapbox for just a second here. Uh, DC Universe back when it was both comics and video stuff had both Titans and Doom Patrol and all their other shows premiering in 4K. Now all those shows when they premiere on HBO Max debut in HD, even though other stuff like Last of Us and Game of Thrones are in 4K. I'm going, you you, ha- you have wild. the 4K files. You've shot these in 4K. What are you doing? Hopefully they, yeah, they yeah, resolve yeah, yeah, that yeah. with whatever the merged <laughs> app is. Because um, it's also like not like the app can't support them either because no. like they have the 4k stuff so it's like we know you can do this why aren't you doing this it's cool it's wild but no i'm with you though uh i've seen titan season one i've seen um doom patrol one and half of two um doom doom patrol is so weird and so incredibly charming um it feels like something that uh, uh james gunn would love um uh, but I understand. I totally get it. It is not everyone's cup of tea. I was surprised as much as I loved season one. Um, I was surprised when it got renewed for season two. Um, Titans season one is okay. Uh, it did some interesting things, but I likewise, I was surprised it got a season two. Um, I people, some people are that are, are whining about this. I think we still got like at least three, four seasons of both shows. Agreed. Like, like it's not like it's getting canceled after one season. Look at it, you Netflix. We only cancel, um, you know, successful shows. shows that are, yeah. yeah, okay, sure. Um, but we got a lot of stuff out of this out of these two sh- shows. So it's and it's not like it's not to to my to our knowledge at least it's not like they're taking them off of the platform they're just no not, they're still going to be there they're they're, they're just going to be over um which is fine um with some of the shows that you know we'll be discussing here in a bit like i think they more than than enough enough fill those voids of dc having a good dc show um to watch uh especially now that the cw is wrapping up as well um not fully yeah. though not fully because i want to roll my eyes so hard at that yeah so according to james gunn and peter saffron superman and lois will continue on for at least one or two more seasons at minimum to which i'm just going oh hallelujah here that's all i cared about burn literally yeah. everything else but superman and lois I- <laughs> keep that alive because 
As we, I see, but like it's so I don't consider that a C, CW show. No, it's good. I know it. I know, I know it. Like is, but when I think CW, I think you know the Arrowverse. Well, and that then, is ending. God, that's ending. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, I. So we'll see what happens. I, at the end of the day, at least that that the team, the writing teams, were given you know enough notice that they can build a create a, a actual finale so we it's not going to be like firefly where we're just cut the the our feet are cut out from under us um as fans uh we'll actually have an opportunity to say goodbye to these characters in some way shape or form um and honestly at least in the form of doom patrol i i wouldn't be surprised if we see these characters again i think oh we'll talk about time, it i think both of these teams have a very good chance yeah, of showing up again back, but i don't think at least for Titans, I don't think the the people who are playing playing them right now will be back. No, we can get I, much I can, better casting. I can see that for Do- I can see that for Doom Patrol, but I can't necessarily see that for Titans. Lastly, for our news today, before we get into the big DC news, we have let's make Josh happy segment, also known <laughs> as Nosferatu update. That thing that we swore probably didn't actually exist or would never actually happen, but now. We're getting more and more cast members added to it, and now we have arguably, if we didn't already cast Nosferatu himself, this would be a good choice, but you say Nosferatu, you say Robert Eggers, that makes Josh happy. You throw out Willem Dafoe, and Josh is really happy he's sitting down right now, because (laughs) this just, we thought the Northman was made for Josh. Nosferatu is really made for Josh here. <laughs> Although, okay, but like <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy left the project due to scheduling conflicts. That would have made it like Uber Josh, but I so here's the thing. I think um I think we called it too though. I, I after after the Northman, I was like, "Hey, that means he's he, he's done with the Northman. He's going to do Nosferatu now." And you were like, "Nah, I don't know. I don't think that'll ever happen." I was like, "It's going to happen. It's going to happen." And now it like actually is happening, which is crazy to me, especially with like, I guess it's, it's not surprising that William Defoe is, is, uh, is involved with Defoe just likes like people like Robert Edgars and Wes Anderson who don't do movies just a little bit differently than everybody else. Uh, and so it's not really that surprising to me that Defoe is going to end up being uh, cast in this and be in, being involved in, in a Robert Edgar's movie. Now I joked at the beginning, but God, he would have been a perfect Nosferatu just cause yes. he's got that <laughs> creepy grin. But if he is not, cause he's not, that's um, Skarsgård cause he's also yeah, got a creepy face. Um, I can see him being like a Renfield type of like he has served. He would work even better as a Renfield of like he works for Nosferatu and has for decades upon decades of suckering people in. I if we get him being like, um, oh geez, what is the guy's name? Igor from uh, from Young Frankenstein. If we get like a William Defoe being Igor in the Nosferatu movie is like perfect. It, I'm I'm here for it. Where he's like always. I mean, maybe maybe I'm just hoping for more Young Frankenstein. But like, we William Defoe being looking at Nosferatu and being like, "What hump is like that?" Visual to me is so funny. And honestly. <laughs> One, he's done funny stuff before, but he's played yeah. like darkly humorous characters before. Because in the Northman, yeah. he's kind of a dark 
comedy-ish character. Like he's <laughs> he's got some campiness to him. Well, like how the characters introduced in the Northman. You're going. That's a visual I didn't need to see from Willem Dafoe. <laughs> it's so funny. I love that. I might go buy, go rewatch Northman just for that. Just that, that is, one oh, scene. Just <laughs> that one scene. Uh, or or him fighting the uh, the the ghost knight. That that was so cool. I love that scene as well. It's because Josh just know, loved the Northman. I, I, I don't know, it was a solid six. Okay, it's not. Oh wow! I look okay. I guess I need to say this. I, I don't think I've ever said it on the pod. Um, the Northman was fine. Uh, I love some of the visuals. The acting is fantastic. It is weird. Like I want my medieval stuff to be. Uh, however, <laughs> you telling me this man was presented with the opportunity to set, settle down with Anna Taylor Joy and like create a family and create a life that he never had, but instead was like, mm, nah, revenge and a, a, a naked. I'm a naked fighter man on a volcano. On a volcano sounds better. Like. Come on, dude. Like, like the whole movie to me was him building to this realization that revenge isn't everything and it's not going to settle things. Um, and then he, especially when it's revealed of like what his mother did. Um, but then he's like, mm, nah, revenge is everything. It's like, come on, dude. Okay. I see. Oh, and to be fair, that is the only reason it's so low. Because <laughs> for the most part, I enjoyed the movie. It's very weird. It, it's kind of like why I like the Green Knight was enjoyable to me too. It was still weird, but like, I, the thing that does it for me in the Green Knight is that it doesn't necessarily. I like. I, I both like that it it doesn't you know beat all of the subliminal messaging over your head, but at the same time, I was like, at the, I kind of would have liked some uh, direction or just some idea of like, okay, what was that? You gotta like at least give me some context, but it doesn't do that. Anyway, all that to say, I'm excited for for Liam Defoe hitting in in Nosferatu. So, like, we joke that Nosferatu is, like, made for Josh just because it's a whole bunch of recipes into a pie that he would very much enjoy. But also, like, this is a pie that I very much need in my life as well. Just because I, as we talked about last week with our um, best of the 90s, one of my favorite Tim Burton movies ever made is Sleepy Hollow. And that is 100% down to the aesthetics. And Robert yes. Eggers knows aesthetics. Like, you can just see the Vavitch and the Northman and Lighthouse and just go, this man loves his drab color palettes and his realism. Also, like, looking at his previous track record, this movie's going to be called The Nosferatu, which... <laughs> I don't actually I don't hate, hate that. that. I, I yeah, don't I hate really like that. <laughs> the Nosferatu, and it'll shoot it in 4 by 3 like an old film reel. Jeez. It's just shot for shot. Nosferatu has always has such oh a good gosh. aesthetic. Like, I even have seen the Klaus Kinski, Klaus Kinski version, and I oh, the opening for that, I think, is perfect. Just give me Robert Eggers doing spoopy, and I am there. Like, Robert yeah. Eggers... With a creepy castle with some fog rolling in just on a loop for two hours, like a, a moving screensaver, and I will still yeah. enjoy it. I, I will be surprised, honestly, if he does this in color. I would not be like, I'm expecting if it's in a black, black and white, and white ooh, baby, a triple. Yeah, I would like do like if if that happens, I I have to come 
we have to watch this together. Like that, mm. like it's like the perfect amalgamation of both of our love. Like the and kinds only of one of us is gonna like love. it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like the way like Robert Edgar's movies, as much as like I love the amount of creativity and detail he puts into them, you either love them or you hate them. There's no like they're not those kinds of movies that like have a mass appeal. Um, they're not they're fun. Like, they're not they're, fun. They're, they're like an A24 movie. Like A24 movies are not for everybody, but the people who like them love them. Speaking uh, of liking and loving things, like and love <laughs> Uncharted Media merch, uh, whether it's the tinfoil hat shirt or the Uncharted Media mug uh, or Uncharted Media hoodies. It's still kind of cool weather out. Josh needs one because, you know, that Stormfront's rolling in. Um, oh, bring it full circle. <laughs> Go there, support the show, and also, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Help us get to 1,000 subscribers. Now, let's get to that thing. You know, that that thing that we've been waiting for a very long time that we had to, like, shuffle around our schedule a few times this month to yeah. get this all figured out, and we were scrambling today. Um, but James Gunn is like, here y'all go. Here's everything. Well, here's some of the stuff. What's scary is this is just some of the stuff that they've got planned. So they yes. introduced, quote unquote, part of chapter one. They're not phases. They're chapters. Chapter one, gods and monsters, which, you know, harkens back to the news topic that we literally just talked about with Nosferatu because the first time I know of that line is from, I believe, Frankenstein to a new world of gods and monsters and then they tried to have the balls to bring that line back for 2017's the mummy and i just go god is dead um <laughs> so is the sound in that in that trailer oh <laughs> but then also in a comic sense gods and monsters mm -hmm. is the subtitle for a series of justice league comics that they turned into an animated movie which is not my favorite it's, a, it's weird but i like the idea of gods and monsters i'm like oh that's a good way to start this off. Uh, so I kind of just... I rewatched James Gunn's announcement video. He had like mm -hmm. a six and a half... Um, closer to seven minute of video of just breaking everything down. So we're just going to kind of go down the list of things that he announced in a video. As well as... Um, it's like a full article of some statements that he and Peter Safran made. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, we're just, we're just on the right track here. So um, he said everything from their first project forward which will be Superman Legacy that we'll talk about, uh, is going to be unified. So I think what that means is anything before Superman Legacy that is still kind of the scattered pieces, and yes. we won't get a proper idea of what this universe looks like until Superman Legacy. Wow, if only somebody suggested that that movie should be the start of your universe and you build everything out from there. Wow, it's like James listens to us. He's clearly one of our 10 listeners. Um, <laughs> hey, we have more than that. Hold on. <laughs> hey, hold on. <laughs> um, James Gunn also promises to only go into production on movies with finished screenplays. This just should be common sense, but you'd be amazed. I feel like, yeah, when he said that, I was like, well, oh, yeah. Wait, is that been happening before? Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Black Superman movie written by Takasti Coates. On direct, potentially directed by J.J. Abrams, that one that's totally still happening and not creatively in limbo whatsoever. I'm just going, uh-huh. Or 
I mean, before they took over, yeah, they would, Warner Brothers and DC would just green light literally everything that moved that they thought, you know, this could make money. Uh, Ava DuVernay's New Gods movie, James Wan's canceled Black Manta movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was what the Trench movie was going to be. It was a Black Manta movie. Um, the Cyborg movie. Remember when that was announced way back in... Jeez. Okay, I remember... When the Cyborg movie got announced, I think it was like 2015 or 2016, I was still working at my first job when I still lived in Colorado when I was in college. Like, it's been that long. And Oh, we'll see Cyborg again. Preferably as a member of the Titans. I just yes. think that works a lot better. And I, I, I don't think the previous Cyborg actor will come back. I'm just a hunch. <laughs> but according to James Gunn, the door is still open for several of the other actors to come back, which does kind of confuse me. Um, so we'll talk about this very briefly here. Peter Safran and James Gunn still did not clarify whether we're doing a full reboot or a partial or whatnot. Because like, yeah. Dave Batista, like literally yesterday, was like, uh, "Oh, James told me they're going full reboot." I'm like, "Are they though, or are they just like?" Because James Gunn also said, we're not going to have people play more than one character. So I'm like, but Momoa. Mm-hmm. So is he fully transitioning to Lobo and like leaving Aquaman behind? Or he's was never planned to be Lobo? What What's happening here? There's still a lot of questions here yeah. that we have. Um, the, but the thing that I was like, ah, oh, it sounds so simple, but it's been lacking for so long. Is James Gunn saying storytelling is king more than anything, and he, we want to leave the creative stuff in the hands of creators. We don't want to interfere. I'm just like, wow. So the opposite of all the leadership before. <laughs> um, yeah. I think what was interesting, too, is like him opening that up and like, guys, we know that you know that you know DC has been very di- disjointed. Like, we... Like we are very aware of this and we want to change this. Um, what was really interesting to me is him breaking down the, the last kind of like four movies or whatever of, uh, of this current regime of, of films um, with the blue beetle with um, uh, Aquaman two and the flash. Uh, he like breaking those down. Oh, and Shazam. Um the way that he kind of like talks about Shazam is like, well, you know, Shazam's kind of been in his own little pocket. He doing his own thing. So, and then like didn't continue. So it was like, made it sound like, Oh, Shazam might be able to, to pop up at any time. Kind of gave the same impression about blue beetle. Um, but definitely did not get that, that impression about him talking about the, the Aquaman, Aquaman movie. Um, but also hearing James say that, the flash is an incredible film uh, struck me as in- really interesting. Um, may- not to say that like, cause really from everything we've heard, it is a really, really, really good movie. Um, obviously we'll find out here in a bit whenever it comes out uh, and whenever we have an actual trailer for it, which apparently is on the way. Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Um, we will see. Uh, I, I, I very like uh, all things aside, the way that James launches this into the slate was very, like, very reassuring and like says, says, said a lot of things that I feel like you and I, and I think a lot of uh, of DC fans felt like, well, that's just common sense, but at the same time, I think tells us a common story sense is of, not common. Yeah, told us a story of 
what ha- what happens in, happened in the past regime of like them just being like, yo, that's a good idea. Green light that, announce it, get it people hyped. Instead of being like, okay, let's develop this. All right, this the screenplay is ready. We're going to pre-production. All right, now let's an- announce it, which is exactly what I think James is saying here. And making, they're almost going with the story, co- storytelling is, is always king kind of um, angle on this. It almost feels like a Pixar style vision of like, yo, we will tell whatever story we want as long as it's interesting. Um, and I, I get that feeling from the slate that he goes then goes to announce um, with a lot of the stuff that we'll, we'll come to talk about. But yeah, God, chapter one, Gods and Monsters, super excited this already. Like, I think that was like the first like minute was him being like, all right, guys, here's the thing. <laughs> like, sitting down like, a, like, a, like an old friend, like, all right, listen. You've had <sighs> some bad relationships. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about here, okay? <laughs> uh, I also think it's funny. He's just like, we're going to have PG-13, but we're also going to have R-rated stuff, which makes total sense knowing James Gunn. Uh, he also wanted to make sure that things that are elsewhere are so distinctly labeled as such. He said yes. the Matt Reeves universe is absolutely going to continue, as we'll talk about later here. Uh, but is clearly Elseworld. Um, he gave three specific examples, which kind of made me really proud of him. Um, he's like, we're gonna have our, we have our Elseworld self, like Matt Reeves's Bat- Batman universe, Todd Phillips' Joker, and Teen Titans Go. I'm just going. The fact that those three wow. were thrown into a sentence together, but yes. it shows <laughs> James Gunn really does love and appreciate the art of animation, something that other companies, oh, yeah. <laughs> Disney, has seemed to abandon or not really care as much about in recent years. But from the get-go, when he took over for DC, he was like, yeah, we're going to uh, have all these characters incorporated in film, TV, animation, and video games, to which I'm just going, ah, are you going to give us a good Nightwing game this time and not Gotham Knights? Are you going <laughs> to fix the issues that are currently on the horizon for Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League? Mark my words, guys. That game is going to have problems. That's why it got delayed. It's going to have the exact yeah, same problems that Gotham Knights did of realizing don't hit your wagon to the Avengers game. That's exactly what's going to mm-hmm. happen with Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. Mark my words. Um, but they want to diversify their assets. I think that's incredibly smart. Um, now, speaking yeah, of agreed. Elseworlds, um, because there's not really any other place to talk about it, uh, he did confirm that The Batman 2 is coming October 3rd, 2025. So exactly when we said it would, three years from now. Yes. It just makes sense, three-year gap. But better yet, he gave us the official title for The Batman 2 titled The Batman Part 2. I know. <laughs> just <laughs> mind-blowing i mean they could always oh, change it later to like the batman deep freeze or batman city of chaos or something like that yeah. something along those lines but part two i'm just going okay okay um that didn't give any story updates yeah but i, I see I, but i like that i like part two a lot i to, especially in like a early production kind of sense of like all right, cool. So we're not telling you anything other than it's going to be the second movie. <laughs> it to me that means it's it's been written. He's done. Uh, especially if they're if you know they're going to be coming out in three years, that means they've got to be getting into to pre production here pretty soon. I would think anyway. So then let's get into the stuff that James Gunn did announce, and he was right. They're going to have movies, TV shows, 
animation and video games. The only thing that wasn't announced today was anything video game related, and I'm sure that'll come in time. But the first thing that got announced, honestly, was something animated called Creature Commandos. Now, <laughs> you get a whole bunch of people online, us included, that are just going to go, huh? Like, I have never heard of Creature Commandos, but then you look at the roster, you're just going... So, public domain characters. Cool, 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 cool. So, I looked it up, and they're like, they're like characters that got recruited to fight in World War II, like fictional characters like Frankenstein, Wolfman, and whatnot, mm -hmm. that fought in World War II, but they said it's going to be newer, and it will have characters like Weasel fighting alongside Rick Flagg's father, Rick Flagg Sr. And I'm going, so long as you still have, like, you tease in the picture, Frankenstein, the bride, and some other kind of monsters... I don't care. I'm in. You tell me that monsters will fight Nazis? Or not even just Nazis, just <laughs> bad guys? Yeah. Yes. And also, I could see this One being R-rated. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I can too. Uh, the graphic that they used was interesting too, uh, because it seemed like one of them was uh, like a Ghost Rider type character. He looked like Diablo. And yeah, one either Diablo or um uh what's the the flame guy from um from Suicide Squad? Um That's Diablo. Is that, Diab is that Diablo? Okay. I had I had a different name in my head for some reason. Firestorm. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> that guy that can do fire things. Um yeah. Uh, either way, the graphic alone got me excited. Um I I'm intrigued. Uh, I love that it's an animated series. I I like that we are that James has this seems to have this grasp on like uh, kind of like Guillermo del Toro animation is a, it's not a genre. It is a medium of story storytelling, uh, which is awesome. Love it. Let's go for it. Also something James Gunn said with um, creature commandos is he said, we're going to have characters that show up in animated and live action form. But when we yeah. do that, we're going to, make sure that the people that show up in live action are also the ones voicing the characters in animation and vice versa going good voice actors need to be recognized as actual actors too but also i it's not my biggest pet peeve but it is a pet peeve that i've always hated it when you've got like a big character and then the studio can't be bothered to bring them in for voice stuff looking at you specifically marvel's what if of like either yes. get everyone back or just completely recast everyone. Don't half effort everything because that's exactly yes. what What If did of like, well, yes, you somehow got um, Michael Douglas to return, but Robert Downey Jr. was too expensive. I understand Robert Downey Jr., but like it was so inconsistent with your voice cast. I just like yeah. that if someone's voicing something here, they're going to be playing them when they eventually show up in live action form. That's cool. Which is actually really, really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we get next, uh, where some of the confusion comes in, uh, we're getting Waller, which is a series about uh, Amanda Waller. It will be set between Peacemaker season one and season two, and it's supposedly the reason why season two of Peacemaker has been delayed is just because James Gunn has been so preoccupied with the Superman script that we'll talk about here in literally next topic. Um, this makes me think it's not a full reboot because, mm -hmm. like, Peacemaker kind of needs parts of the universe to logically make sense. But then again, maybe the Flash takes place in between Peacemaker season one and season two. Ooh, yeah. Like, 
whenever the Flash eventually comes yeah. out, you're going to have to explain where it takes place in the timeline of why certain characters will show up and why certain characters yeah. don't. Um, Viola Davis is returning as Amanda Waller. That's not surprising. But given that it takes place in between Peacemaker Season 1 and Season 2, I'm sure those ramifications from the finale of Peacemaker with uh, her daughter mm-hmm. Adebayo and what Adebayo did to Amanda Waller, I think that'll play a big factor into the I show. Um, then the big news, obviously. We already kind of knew it was happening, but James Gunn writing a Superman movie. Now has a title, Superman Legacy, coming to theaters July 11th, 2025. And for those wondering, if you're seeing it opening tonight, July 10th, it is only 891 days away. It is already on my home screen to have that <laughs> yeah. as a countdown. <laughs> I I cannot wait. Um, also, if ever there was such thing as like a really dumb, stupid bet, it would be to say anyone other than James Gunn will direct this movie. He is writing it, and I feel very confident saying he will also be the one directing it just because yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the first movie in this new universe. This is the one that's got the most pressure on it, and I think James would much rather just be like, I'll be the one, I'll be the first penguin in the water type of situation. I will set, yeah. I will set the tone going forward. And I've already seen some people online just like, should I be nervous that James Gunn is doing a Superman movie? Given some of his comments, absolutely freaking not. Because he says something in, not in the video, but one of the interview segments that, um, it's like, we really want to show the earnestness of the character of Get Back to, like, a character that truly believes in truth, justice, in the American way, to which I'm going, the fact that you brought up truth, justice, in the American way, when his new slogan is truth, justice, and a better tomorrow, honestly, I, I, I like both, it all kind of depends on who's writing it, but he's like, we want to focus on a character that still believes in being good when the rest of the world kind of doesn't li- yeah. view people as good or like uh, doesn't like people that are kind or sees kindness as a weakness type of thing. I'm just going, that is Superman. Thank you. Please. Um, I yes, James Gunn is typically known as being goofier, but he can write earnest characters. And I think he knows when to dial in the humor and tone it down just a bit. I don't think. We should be concerned at all for the Superman thing. Um, Superman Legacy, though. I think it's funny that everyone was like, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, but uh, the of tomorrow went to some other Kryptonian instead. Um, Which, when we get to, I have some thoughts, absolutely. Um, But yeah, Superman Legacy, to me, it makes sense. He's writing it. He's directing it he's going to set the tone as far as like, guys, this is the quality we want. And going forward, um, I am not worried. I think seeing his uh, being such a big fan of his, the, the, the suicide squad being such a fan of his, the peacemaker show. I think he absolutely knows where the line between comedy and seriousness is. Um, he, everybody in, I mean, like, I think it, he knows too how to really know a character outside of just like what you see on the comic book panel. Um, he uh, just he, like, like polka dot man, never would I have thought that that Pokemon polka dot man would have been one of my favorite characters in the suicide squad. But if only someone had told you that that was going to happen, I know, 
I know. But I mean, to be fair, like I, you can say that all you want, but like at the same time, like it would have been really easy to screw him up. It would have been really easy to make King shark, not like just this goofy shark, but like also, Oh man, he just wants a friend. He never has friends. That's really sad. Like making this, making these, uh, for the most part, villainish, villainous characters have a side to them that's very like, okay, I feel for them. Like I get where they're coming from. To me, that kind of emotional intelligence in your writing tells me I have nothing to worry about when it comes to you writing a Superman film, which that can get very emotionally complex and very uh, tough to write in today's society when you've got a bunch of people saying that Superman just isn't an interesting character. And he really is. Uh, I think you just have to present him in the right motive, in the right light. And I, I completely applaud James Gunn to be to putting himself in this position because it's very easy, I think, to sit here and go, okay, cool. So you're the director now. You're, you know, co-CEO. Um, I guess we'll just uh, just have you at the forefront all the, all the time. It'd be very easy to just give yourself a bunch of work, but I don't think that's that, that's what that's what's the case here i think you and i are the same mind of like he wants to set the tone he wants to have the he wants to make sure that the bet the the first foot forward for this new dcu is going to be the best one that he wants it to be um i i there is definitely like a little level of like control there that uh isn't concerning yet uh we'll have to see how it how it you know shifts going forward but I, I applaud him for taking taking the brunt of this first opening stuff for DC for the DCU on his own shoulders. Cause I mean, you and I have been having tons of fun watching him reply to people on, on Twitter, just being like, no, you're stupid. Oh yeah. No, DC scoopers stupid. are going to be out of the job yes. real quick. Quote unquote scoopers. Good, good. I love it. Love it to death. So today is January 31st, 2023. I'm putting, I want to put this officially on the record now, so then that way oh, we're yeah. all Thursday night, um, July 10th, 2025, putting it on record now, James Gunn is going to put Superman back in the red trunks. Oh, absolutely. The trunks will be in Superman Legacy, <laughs> and I will love it. Y'all can say it's stupid and outdated, you Snyder cultists, but I cannot wait to see the Red Trunks return because, honestly, Superman and Lois pulled it off actually pretty well. It's not the yeah. suit that he wears all the time, but trunks matter, people. Now the for the th matter. Now for the thing that I'm sure... Just got Josh all kinds of giddy. Dude, are you kidding me? Yes. So they announced a, uh, a the Lanterns show. They're doing a Green Lantern show, but it is in the it, it is the basically the show that I think I picked, pitched to you not even like two three months ago of a Lanterns show that is more detective based. Uh, it they talked about making it very, very like true detective style. Um, I think the thing that caught my eye or my ear, I guess, um, was that he said, you know, we're going to do true detective style. You're going to have people like how, like John Stewart, you know, uncovering this mystery in the galaxy that ends up by the end of this first season one being a, a great threat. So it was like, okay, cool. So 
the events, it's one of those like, okay, so we have to watch everything happening, not just because, oh, we're going to interconnect everything, but because, hey, there's actual threats that might come up later on in movies and stuff like that because the, all of our content is unified. It's not just like, all right, well, we're going to make this girl a mutant, so you have to watch the show. <laughs> like it's it's gonna be guys like the land the lantern corps is uncovering some interesting stuff like they're, they're the galaxy like, like james said they're the, they're the galaxy's cops so like why not <laughs> and just it's it's how and john i'd be happy with one yeah. but the fact that it's both i'm just going yes please and james gunn also <laughs> said that um yes this will be the primary two lanterns that we'll be following but other lanterns will show up and just going, Kilowog, please, Kyle. <laughs> don't get don't get ahead of yourself, man. <laughs> uh, dude, but could you imagine if the the threat that ends up happening is the uh, that Kyle is it's he's in his period of like going off going off and like he's gathering all the lanterns, <gasps> or it's Atrocitus. Oh no, <laughs> oh dude. If I get Atrocitus out of this show too, um, I'll die happy. I don't even care. Let's well, also, go. James Gunn did say that um, this show will have a big part of, like, will be a big piece of the overall plan of what the first chapter mm. will be. So I'm going, so you're going to introduce some intergalactic threat at some point in the show that might be, like, a Justice League villain at some point. Uh, probably not Darkseid, just because. We got him to recently with Snyder Cut. Maybe like a Mongol or... That's what I was thinking too, yeah. Mongol I think would be a good intro villain. Mm -hmm. um, you could introduce Brainiac and some other project that we'll talk about in a little bit here. But Lanterns. Oh, oh I'm just... I'm, I'm ready because, you know, knowing James Gunn, he will also introduce the other spectrums to which I'm just going blue lanterns, please, please lantern wars at some just point. Like, yeah. La lantern. Like the, the idea that this is happening and the idea that he wants to, to dwell more into the lanterns gives me more like excitement for the, the, that the events of what is the, the blackest night that like the, those events might actually end up happening, which is crazy to even think about that, that, that book comic could come to life. But like, there's stuff that and we'll see here in a, in a few, like there's stuff he's pulling from that, like typical James Gunn's, you know, kind of uh, veins are very uh, obscure in ways that not a lot of people do know about, but like have that, that are really, really good stories overall, not just like, well, hey, well, let's do a. You want to do that Doomsday thing because that was a big deal, right? That, that sold a lot of money. Yeah, let's do Doomsday. Does it matter? No, but we're gonna do it anyway. Like, yeah, that, that, I, I have a feeling that that kind of stuff will not happen in James Gunn's universe. Speaking of the obscure as well as the well known, we have the Authority, <laughs> and I'm just going. Triple H, Stephanie McMahon are going to be in a movie with James Gunn. <laughs> That's a Yes. That's an obscure reference for all y'all normies. Um, but no, even I had no idea who the authority was, but it's supposed to it's like the boys are invincible of just like heroes that have much more aggressive methods. And apparently this is like James Gunn's passion project. I'm just going. Okay. It's like the Charlie Day thumbs up gif of like, okay, you do you, man. Like, I, I trust you, man. It's just. Whatever boat you float. I have, I have no idea what the, about the authority, so... Okay. 
But the next one was uh, a TV show called Paradise Lost about Themyscira, the home island of Wonder Woman, and all the social, economic, and political intrigue of the island. I'm going, that is not an approach I would have taken, but that sounds like a really, really cool concept. I'm not going to lie. It keeps things very varied. So like we just talked about Green Lanterns for Intergalactic, you could have something Game of Thrones-esque with in the world of Wonder Woman. I think that's a really cool idea. Um, was not a route that I was expecting to go, but I, I'm on board for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I like, uh, even though I'm with you, I have I have very, very, very little knowledge, barely any, about the authority, uh, but I like the idea of before giving us a Justice League movie, showing us what a team of heroes can do wrong and how how it can look like if, you know, heroes do take their own power into their own hands, especially in this world, of what that can look like and how badly it can go. Um, I really like that idea of showing us the the dark side of it first so that we can then really revel and enjoy the the justice league that we do get eventually um i i really like that story um paradise lost legendary wonder woman run um i'm excited to see what we where we go with it what all it looks like um the movies definitely like putting that weird shield around it um definitely kind of make it this place that is unobtainable and it kind of made even though like I enjoy the characters that we meet there. It does make the island seem kind of unrealistic. So seeing like some of like the the background of the political intrigue and kind of the the re the reasons Wonder Woman was made, not birthed, uh, will be very very interesting to say the least. Now for naturally the thing that I was most excited for, but. <laughs> It did take me a moment to step back, uh, and I think this has also has much bigger ramifications, not just for this universe, I'll say that. Um, so the night before uh, we got this news, so like Monday night, um, some journalists were sharing, were sharing GIFs of Batman and Robin, so I'm going, are we, are we going to get some Robin news? And sure enough, the introduction to DCU's Batman is going to be called... The Brave and the Bold, and we'll see the return of Robin in live-action form with a catch. It will be Bruce Wayne's actual birth child of Damian Wayne, who James Gunn says that that is his favorite Robin. I'm going, ah, so no one is perfect. Um, <laughs> I mean, Wrong okay, answer, look, James. We no, all know look, it ain't Damian. Thing. Granted, the, Damien the, has gotten a lot better as a oh, character. A lot better, yeah. He used to be a miserable little kid. Um, but yeah, Damien Wayne will be the Robin, and James Gunn said it's his favorite Robin. It's the beginning of the Bat family, to which I'm just going, I had the assumption and the hope that this new Batman would start with a Robin, but it would be Dick, and then eventually Dick would grow up and be Nightwing, whatever, whatever, and we get Jason and Tim over time i'm now getting a sense that dick jason and tim are already out in the universe doing their thing and i'm just as okay with that like if we come into this universe 
with a Nightwing already existing? I will find you, James Gunn, and I will hug you for an uncomfortably <laughs> long time. Because, I think so. <laughs> because, but also, maybe, uh, no, nah, the tinfoil hat's too far out of reach for me to swap things out. I think he's doing Damien, one, because it's his favorite Robin, and two, because Dick is going to be used somewhere else. I still yes. maintain that Dick Grayson will show up in the Batman 2. And then the that Batman will have him as Robin. Whereas this universe will already have a grown-up Dick Grayson. Grown-up Jason Todd. Teenager slash early 20s Tim. And Damien being the main Robin. I think... You don't get your wires crossed there. But also, I'll pat myself on the back. I said the Brave and the Bold was happening. I said it was a one-off like TV show, but I distinctly said that we're getting a project called the Brave and the Bold in James Gunn's universe. So I was right about that. Yeah. Um, but Robin is returning to live-action form, Josh. Just granted, it's like one of your least favorite Robins. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I think the thing is, though, um, if we had had this conversation three four years probably five years ago i would have been furious um i would have said that no you know like D dick is the best robin um we're missing and you know we're missing out on all of those the drama of you know dick growing up and then it becoming jason and jason dying and then tim taking taking form of like this almost like redheaded stepchild kind of situation that tim is always he seems to be in um but I really, really, uh, before I get into the, to why I like the decision, it's the, the more animation stuff that they've come out with Damien, the more I have kind of liked him. Um, starting with Bad Blood, starting with uh, the, the two Titans movies, I've been started, he started to grow on me. And that now that he's grown out of this like spoiled, I'm an assassin kind of brat little kid, he's still that, but like, he's becoming a lot he's showing more of his bruce side of the family nowadays and and i i really 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 like that i love the idea of starting with damien i love the idea that that you know jason is already dead tim is uh is you know around somewhere he's probably they're probably going to just start him as red Ro as the uh was red robin or please just don't make him drake drake is the worst yes but yeah it's uh and then you know dick is maybe he hasn't gone full nightwing yet maybe he's he is in bloodhaven but he hasn't you know put on that suit yet hey uh, he need he, he's gonna need an, a mention from a superhero you know hey I, hey hey james like, you need a script <laughs> yet you need a sequel script or you may have to wait on the sequel script until next week i'm Hint, hint. I'm almost done with this script for part two. But yeah, if you need a script for a nightwing movie i know a guy he's not qualified but i know a guy <laughs> I, it, yeah that's exactly what i was thinking of of like having superman exist before nightwing exist it gives me like yeah like that just fits into those slots really really well of like yo like superman can give him the idea and all that um but yeah i like the idea that it's damien um it will be interesting to have two batmans existing at the same time um we 
should probably have a casting discussion at some point. Maybe um, maybe that'll be next week's episode. Maybe, but like um it'll be interesting to say the least. I'm actually pretty excited about it now that I think like the more and more I think about it, excuse me, the more and more I think about it, the more excited I get. Because this this should be prime Batman. If we have Damien, yeah, this Batman absolutely. should be in like early to mid forties and I'm just going, Oh the prime Batman that we've never gotten of like in his peak physical condition and also because i have more faith in james gunn doing this than matt reeves not at, not it has nothing to do with storytelling and stuff but in terms of just like wanting to portray exactly what's on the panel if anybody would bring back the blue and the gray from the comics and do oh, the white dude. eyes yeah james it would be gunn. good be james <laughs> oh if james gunn brings blue batman mm, um and next up, I'm not going to lie, I'm also pretty excited about this one, but <laughs> it seemed like the most obvious thing in the world. Literally, as soon as James Gunn was announced to be in charge of DC, everyone goes, oh yeah, so you're doing a Booster Gold thing, right? And James Gunn's like, well, I <laughs> yeah. like the character, but nothing's confirmed. Everyone's just going, yeah, 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 right. So you're doing a Booster Gold thing, right? Because he's an obscure character that we all love. And James Gunn's like, Okay, yeah, I'm doing a Booster Gold thing. Well, yes, <laughs> that just makes sense. For those that don't know, Booster Gold is a complete reject from the future. He's like a washed-out football player who steals a time machine, goes back in time with future technology to our present day to make himself look like a great hero because he's got like this future tech that he's able to stop the bad guys. He's pretending to be this grand hero, but in reality, he... He's a phony. In his own timeline, he's a loser. He's a bum. And I'm going, I cannot wait. I know some people are like, Nathan Fillion. No. He's a little too old. He already has a role in the universe with Arm Fall Off Boy. And two, I'm not going to lie. I think there's a better option right now than Nathan Fillion. As much as I love Nathan Fillion, for those that saw, and once again, I'm going to have to mention it just because Top Gun Maverick Glenn Powell, also known as Hangman. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, sure. Uh, he was going to be on my short list for, like, Superman, but, um, you know, that's... Yeah. Is I think he's, he's uh, too cocky, I think, for Superman. See, but, like, that's just an act, my man. You're thinking hang, straight Hangman. I think that could... That, I, think he's I don't know. I've seen one. Glenn Powell in a couple of things, and he's he's just Hangman in everything <laughs> I've seen him in. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. As okay. someone that saw uh, both seasons of Scream Queens with Glenn Powell. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, no, yeah, this makes sense. It's the easiest go-to. Um, and as you know somebody who did peacemaker it just makes sense for him to do booster gold <laughs> like it's it's not like that far of a step for him <laughs> like yeah the, a loser who steals technology goes back back into in in time to be a superhero yeah okay that's sounds pretty spot on to me <laughs> so yeah it, this i think was the least surprising of all of the of all of the announcements for the day this might have been one of the most surprising, and it's just because, like, well, yes. we were so hung up on Superman, Man of Tomorrow. We were almost right. It is Super of Tomorrow, but it is Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, is becoming a movie, which this comic run that James Gunn was describing that it's going to be based off of, I had never actually heard of it because it's a very recent comic run of basically... Uh, so, clarification here. 
some people are already running with the story that it's Kara Zor-El. I'm going, I wouldn't jump to that conclusion just yet, just because it's a blonde mm-hmm. one in the picture that he shared. Um, he could that be. That is art. That's art. That is art from the from the book. Yeah, from the book. But it is not Kara Zor-El that's going to be in the upcoming Flash movie. So correct. I'm not saying one way or the other that it will be a new actress or it will be Sasha Kaye from The Flash. I'm just saying people are already assuming that James Gunn is recasting fair, fair or there's other okay. people that are assuming that they're going to keep the Supergirl going. As of right now with everything else, we cannot confirm one way or the other, I think at least. Yeah. Um, but basically this Supergirl, whether it's Kara or some other version, like some other universe, she survived the explosion of Krypton, but she didn't land on a farm like Clark did. She basically gets sequestered to this little chunk of Krypton that is like debris and was raised on that. I'm going, okay, that's that could be interesting. Now, here's where I think you could also introduce another galactic threat of Brainiac is often more described as a Supergirl villain than a Superman mm-hmm. villain. I see them tied together more often. Like Superman and Brainiac are like, that's a big thing. But I feel like Supergirl and Brainiac are an even bigger thing. So I think Josh is the one actually more excited for this than me. Yeah, I I personally I I like the character of, of Supergirl a lot anyway. Um I I just always was never that big of a fan of whenever she gets introduced. Um there's that what is it? It's one of the animated movies where she's introduced in like Doomsday, not Doomsday, um Darkseid tries to you know, recruit her as one of his harpies and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, that's fine, I guess. But like, um, I re- I find like the, maybe this is telling. I, I like the idea of a Supergirl who has grown up on Krypton, but escaped to, uh, and to live on, and kind of like live out her teenage years on a chunk of Krypton floating through space. Um, and having to deal with the trauma of losing um, her home planet and like what to do now. Um, I find that so, so intriguing um, to a level of like, I almost find that more interesting than like, like Superman's ca- as a character of like, okay, cool. So then what, like you have two people who are going to have, especially when they eventually meet, they're going to have two people who have vastly different memories of of uh, uh of krypton you have you know your supergirl who basically you know lived a childhood and then got you know witnessed actually witnessed the the explosion of krypton has memory of it um and then is you know traumatized by floating through space on a chunk of it like having that version of history along with clark's which is just like my parents saved me from a scientific explosion like having those two versions clash on screen is going to be so incredibly interesting and i'm really excited about it now Plus, la- the, the the art of the book just looks super cool too like i already added it, cool. my, to, uh, added it to my added it to my to be read list so lastly for the things that james gunn announced was another one of those like oh yeah this is just a layup that does not surprise me in the slightest is we're getting a swamp thing movie which james gunn made it clear he's like yeah, Swamp Thing's kind of doing his own thing, but it does tie into the larger DC universe. I'm going, so then Swamp Thing, like, 
Swamp Thing is always everywhere. He's ever present because he's a he's a he's a swamp thing. Um, he's a thing in the swamp. Yes, which is different than Man Thing, because yeah, just terrifying. <laughs> legally distinct. Um, <laughs> then some people brought up the great point of you do have one James Wan who has now done you two Aquaman movies and has a strong horror background that was involved with a Swamp Thing short-lived TV series and I'm going kind of on board with that but can you imagine Guillermo del Toro's Swamp Thing dog don't even tempt me don't even tempt me um I would as much as I think as I would love that um I would be a little worried that del Toro would decide that he wants to take his own twist on it which i'm always fine with i just think it doesn't work in work in this context of of like hey we have a very specific goal we're trying to do and stuff like that um that being said yeah absolutely up for james i i i'm not surprised by this at all um it's he's easily one of the most interesting characters for the dcu and like way to show range i know like we're not wrapping up quite yet but like from a from a superman legacy movie to a swamp thing a horror which he i he did say was going to be very like graphic and was going to be very oh, rated swamp thing uh, movie which is like very reassuring of okay cool so stories that deserve the r we're going to go there with it not just and not overly sanitize it like as much as i love and end game and um infinity war incredibly sanitized in civil war you know um captain america civil war incredibly sanitized of you know people there's certain people that should have died but you know marvel doesn't want to pull that trigger okay fine whatever but it sounds like dc dc is okay with pulling that trigger is okay as long as yeah it's especially on bruce wayne's parents yeah um it, it makes sense if it makes sense in a storytelling standpoint and it makes sense in the universe as a whole then we'll do it and it's like okay cool i really 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 like that i'm really excited for a swamp thing horror movie like let's go i dude I love Swamp. He's he's cool. I like the idea of it. I it's it's I'm all about it. How much more excited would you be if a certain witch in stockings that looks like a magician shows dude. up? If dude. I'm not saying Constantine because they're they're doing that thing with Keanu, I think. But if Zatanna, uh, that's still in limbo. We're not sure. We're, that, I don't think we're sure about that, is that true. one. True. But if we get like. Zatanna to show up in Swamp Thing and set the stage for a Justice League Dark movie because that thing's been in development for and probably like two decades at this point. That, and that feels like something that's absolutely up James Gunn's uh, alley. That, like that is so him. I can totally see him doing something like that. Um, and really, just in this in this uh, this slate that he he announced today, it. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Gods and monsters makes sense. Okay, cool. So then, what what is the rest Trigon. of the story? Trigon, dude. So so here's what I want to ask you. Do you think? Yes, Dick Grayson will show up in every movie from here on <laughs> out, and he will be the central figure moving forward. Nah. He will be the Nick Fury after he gets his twelve solo movies. <laughs> no. Um, 
do you think this is all that chapter one is gonna no. be? That same. I think because this is James, barely I think James Gunn said it wasn't all this. There is a I thing mean, called did? San Diego Comic Con later this year, yes. which I think will get some castings at that and also yes. get some more announcements because I don't think he said it in the video, but I think somewhere I saw that he wants to do like two TV shows and two movies a year. I'm going, that that sounds like I actually a, a good amount there. That doesn't sound overkill at yeah. all. Um, yeah, you're not oversaturating anything. No, there's no way this is the end of chapter one, in which case we can still hold out hope that we were right about Green Arrow showing up at some point. <laughs> because yeah. Arrow and Canary has a really nice ring to it, I think. I, I agree. I, 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 it will be interesting. I, I think they're saving a lot of the clarifications for Comic-Con. I think they're, they, this, they wanted, they, James made the promise and so gave us stuff that also according to him already has screenplays and is already in pre-production. Technically speaking, he is not, he wouldn't be announcing these things unless they were already in pre-production. Also, um, I think he's, holding off clarification until after the flash comes out and then we can see kind of what the extent of reboot is and he did give an update on the whole ezra miller situation of just like are you keeping ezra after the flash and james gunn peter saffron were both very much like we're very proud of ezra's progress they seem to be getting the help that they deserve we all they're rooting for the best for them uh when that conversation comes around um we're more than willing to have that conversation I still maintain Ezra is not coming back. The reason that they're yeah, saying I that agree. now is they're just being diplomatic because the Flash movie is still on the horizon. If they just said, no, nah, no, nah, Ezra is a menace to society and a legal liability. We're not keeping them around anymore. Yeah. That yeah. will only and, hurt the Flash movie. Yeah. And I think that's also uh, one of the reasons why he was kind of vague as far as the extent of the reboot, reboot because I can definitely see people not going to see some of these movies even though, like, I'm super excited to see Blue Beetle. I'm super excited for for um, um, Aquaman 2. Uh, I do think there would be a level of, like, well, what's the point to see these movies if it was, well, they're not going to lead anywhere. So any kind of excitement I gain from seeing this movie could be meaningless. Now, even if that was the case, I'd still go see it. Because, like, I've, we've been waiting how long to see Blue Beetle? Like, come on um i may it's, like, like i'm very excited for all all the all the movies um i appreciate i think overall i really 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 appreciate james gunn and his approach to things and his ability to interact with the public and us crazy fans like some of the way that he is a uh interacted with some of the scoopers he's even interacted with fans um has been so like comforting and be like, okay we are actually in really good hands um even if you if you're a dc fan and you're like well he didn't announce a justice league movie he didn't announce blah, 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 blah. i was like guys i hear you marvel didn't think- announce all 23 movies in one day guys agreed like this announcing of phasing was phases was a thing that didn't happen right away so for me i think I'm excited that we're going to be getting content that is going to have a completely different feel than DC. It's going to have a different vibe. uh, Sorry, a different feel than Marvel. It's going to have a different vibe than Disney, Marvel, and all that. And I'm excited about that. And a lot of these projects are a great way to set that up going forward. Um, To me, 
you you've got your big three building a, a relationship and building from that from there you've already got superman legacy you've got your a, a paradise lost tv show and if you're telling me that wonder woman will not either be a thing at the end of that movie uh and at the end of that show then you're lying to yourself uh and then batman brave and the bold i i they're setting up the big three they're setting up the larger universe this is to me laying down that ground groundwork so that when we do get justice league it we do get that feeling of like oh my gosh it has been you know 10 movies or whatever of seeing all these different characters in different scenarios and now we're seeing them all together for the first time on screen it's going to be to me that like that's a manufacturing a way better moment than anything Zack Snyder did like those they, they were cool but it didn't feel as a fan like it was earned and I think no. the way that James is setting all this up it's going to feel earned as a fan like yes finally let's go like so, that kind of feeling going forward instead of what what you know has been happening prior when james gunn was first announced as the new head of dc uh, i don't listen to him very often but i do remember a specific quote by kevin smith of all people he's just like here's just my first guess or speculation james gunn is a big fan he grew up with the material kevin smith has said for a while that he thinks james gunn's end goal is to more or less recreate the finale or the intro section to super friends of like the row of heroes running towards the camera i'm going mm -hmm. i do not hate that idea um with james gunn in charge i know josh and i have done a podcast episode before in the past of like comic book wish list of things that we've never gotten in live action from that we want to but like with james gunn we could finally get a hall of justice a watchtower mm -hmm. a teen titans or a titans movie um, with his love of the obscure and just love of the sort of I truly and with them giving him carte blanche to do this eight to ten year plan, I feel like truly anything is on the table right now. And looking at this slate, it is a good balance of established with some tweaks. Like it would have been very easy to do Batman and Dick Grayson Robin, as much as I would have liked that. I appreciate that it's Damien. It's tweaks. It's established things, but tweaks that we don't necessarily expect. Or like Superman. I know some people are pissed. I was initially. They're like, why didn't you bring back Henry Cavill? To be honest, it's because the previous regime sat on him for too long. That's why. Mm -hmm. And they wanted a younger Superman. They're not doing another origin story, but that type of like a young, not as confident Superman before he becomes what he's meant to be while still retaining the essence of the character sign me up superman man of tomorrow the animated movie did a great job with it um honestly i say it all the time but look to superman and lois as your template of like how you do a good clark and a good superman story in the 21st century so i am optimistic i think there's a good balance uh, here between movies and tv of uh, types of genres like Paradise Lost is going to be so different than Lanterns, which is going to be so different than The Brave and the Bold. There's a good diversity here. Um, but what do you guys think? Were you satisfied with this announcement lineup? Did it live up to the massive hype that's been building for months and months? What do you hope to see in this new DC universe led by James Gunn and Peter Safran? Let us know down in the comments below where it's like him for me, guys. And as always, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Help us get to 1,000 subscribers. That's our big goal. And as always, 
Stay sharp, movie guys and gals.